Welcome to the Bayshore Podcast. As listeners each week, whether through iTunes or through the church app, you're part of our church family. We would love for you to share stories of how Bayshore is impacting your life by sending us an email at amen at bayshorecc.org. As always, you can find all kinds of information and content on our website, bayshorecc.org. There's also our church app, which you could download by going to bayshorecc.org slash app. So thanks again for joining us this week, and we hope that today's message is a blessing to you. Today, at my place, uh, I'm not speaking today, obviously, and my good friend David Kerr from Arlington, Texas, is speaking today. Uh, He was one of my college friends. He served on the mission field of Scotland. He's done a lot of neat things. He pastored a church in Texas for about 25 years. And so uh, Pastor David's going to preach to you today. Uh, he's also the director of uh, Globe, Global, Global Alliance Network, who is the organization that I'm ordained under. So on the count of three, I want you to give David Kerr a big hand as he comes to minister today. So everybody, welcome David Kerr as he comes to preach today. Well, good morning, Bay Shore. I bring you greetings in the precious name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who was born of a virgin, who lived a perfect life, who was crucified, dead, and buried, and on the third day he rose from the dead, where he ascended up into heaven, where he sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. The Bible says he ever lives to make intercession for you and I. And on that last day, that great and final day, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, The dead in Christ shall rise up into the clouds to meet him. We which are alive and remain, we shall be called up together with them. And so shall we ever be with the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you say amen and give the Lord a clap offering today? Well, it's always a joy to come into this house. I tell you what, you have got an amazing pastor and pastor's wife. I I certainly love Danny and Karen. Uh, They have been our friends. They have been our neighbors when we were in Pensacola. Uh, They have just been people that we just like to hang with. And I know you're pleased to have them as your pastors here at at Bayshore. And we always enjoy the opportunity to come up here. Uh, The only reason Danny brings me up here is so that he can beat me unmercifully in tennis. Uh, That seems just to really stoke him and everything else. And yes, he's already done that this week. And uh, I think this is, uh, you know, kind of a reconciliation thing, letting me preach today. And so I, uh, again, I'm delighted to be here and to have this opportunity uh, to share the word with you. And so uh, today I have a specific message that I want to, that's on my heart. And I believe it's called Keep the Fire Burning, How to Have Personal Revival. And I, I know that you know all about revivals down through history. There were some great revivals that took place throughout history. Probably one of the most prominent revivals that ever took place was in Wales when they had what they called the Welsh Revival. That, that revival was so significant for that nation that it shut down bars, it shut down crime. It was all about Jesus. And it was just a really a peace just descended upon that land when revival took place. And so there had been a lot of great revivals. And these revivals are when God determines that it's time for Him to be glorified once again. 
It's time for people once again to turn their hearts to him in fire, in passion, in love, experiencing him. I want to give you some scriptures as we start here today because these are scriptures that are pertinent to our lives and they're all familiar to, to you. For instance, John chapter 3 verse 16. All of you know what that says? We're looking look on, on the screen here. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. What's the key thing there? You might say, well, eternity. No, but it's God loves us. you got to know, first off, that first and foremost, God loves you. And then there's another scripture that I want to put up there, and that's out of Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 29. And it says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you a future and a hope. Goes on and it says, Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Isn't it good to know that God is an approachable God? Isn't it good to know that God wants you in his presence and wants to be in your presence? He wants to demonstrate his love and his presence to you on an ongoing basis. That is part of the great gospel message. Jesus revealed the heart of the Father and the heart of the Father was turned toward each and every one of us today. That's enough about shouting amen, right? Okay, that, that's, that was pretty poor. That, that's good enough to shout amen, right? Amen. All right. If you stay with me and shout amen, we'll get through here quicker, all right? Uh, but, you know, as I began to think about this message and think about things that going on, you know, in between the great, great revivals and everything else, you and I are responsible for maintaining the fire in our own hearts, maintaining the passion in our own hearts for the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, to keep our hearts on fire for God. And that's really what I want to speak to you about today. Because having a burning heart is paramount to our love and service for Jesus Christ. We can't do without it. We've got to have it every day. Every day we get up, we need to have a burning, passionate heart for Jesus Christ. And today I'm going to uh, use a scripture out of Leviticus chapter uh, 6 is, is our text today. And it says this, you can look at it up on the screen. The fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must not go out. Every morning, say every morning. Do you think that means every morning? Yes. Every morning the priest is to add firewood and arrange the burnt offering on the fire and burn the fat of the fellowship offerings on it. The fire must be kept burning on the altar continuously. It must not go out. Will you read that with me today? Let's read it in unison here. The fire must be kept burning on the altar continuously. It shall never go out. How about the fire in your, in your heart? How about the fire in your life? Are you burning passionately for the Lord Jesus Christ today? That's a question that I would like to ask you. Because, you know, as I was reflecting upon this, I have known people over the years who started a flame for God. They started burning for God. They started passionate for God. 
But it just seems for whatever reason, whether life experience, whether the culture is coming crashing down upon them, whether they lose their focus on Jesus and begin to focus on other things, I have seen people who started strong for Jesus all of a sudden begin to fall away and not follow. They, they lose that spiritual fire and fervor for the Lord. And you and I have to be careful that in this life that we don't allow our lives to become just that type of thing. I'd like to ask you one question today, and it's going to be up on the screen. Uh, when was your best day with Jesus? When was your best day with Jesus? If it wasn't this week, why not? We need to do something about that, right? If our best day with Jesus was not today, was not this week, then that tells us something about where we are in our walk with the Lord. How many of you know we don't live on last year or the past year's experiences? We don't go back to a time, well, I remember 40 years ago when Jesus came into my heart and saved me and wrote my name in the Lamb's Book of Life, and I am just so thrilled. Well, what are you doing for Jesus today? Are you as passionate today for Jesus as you was 40 years ago, as you, excuse me, as you were 40 years ago? In other words, we have to maintain that fire Every day, the priest, it said, the priest got up every day and he added wood to the fire. What are you doing to add wood to your fire? What are you doing to add passion to your love for the Lord Jesus Christ? What are you doing to allow him to come into your life and to demonstrate to you that he loves you so much? You see, this has been a lifelong goal of mine for some 47 years since I met the Lord Jesus Christ, is that I would remain as passionate today as I was 47 years ago. And how many of you know that comes by determining in your heart that every day that you get up, you are going to add fuel to the fire so that you can remain passionate and burning for the Lord, so that you can have your own personal revival Every day, not waiting to some great move of God, but every day in your life, have your own personal revival. Romans chapter 10, it's not going to be up on the screen, says this, don't burn out, keep yourselves fueled and aflame. There it is again, keep yourselves fueled and aflame. Be alert servants of the master, cheerfully expectant, don't quit in hard times, pray all the harder. My definition today that I want to use for personal revival, revival is when God reawakens his people to his love and his passion for you. We said that God so loved you that he gave Jesus. We said God has got great plans for you. Plans not to harm you, but plans to do you good. You see, he's a loving God and he wants to fellowship with you as much as you should want to fellowship with him. In other words, when you have that daily prayer time, when you seek the Lord with your whole heart, I want after this message today to you, to, for you to see the heart of the Father as one who leans forward, if you will, to hear what you have to say. 
He wants a dialogue with you. He wants to fellowship with you. He wants you to acknowledge him as the all-wise God, the Savior of the soul, the one who instills passion into your heart. So revival is when God reawakens his people to his love and his passion for them. There's a great story in the Bible that takes place. It's called, it's in Luke chapter uh, 24, and it's uh, two men who were on their way to down from Jerusalem to uh, Emmaus. And they'd been up there with the disciples, and they'd been there when, when Jesus was still alive, and they had heard Jesus' wonderful teachings. They'd sat at his feet. They'd heard everything he did. They saw his miracles and everything else that took place. And, uh, but now Jesus uh, had, had been crucified, dead, and buried, and there were reports that he had risen from the dead. And they were subject to those reports. They heard those reports. They were verified because he heard from, they heard from people who had gone to the tomb to check out and see if Jesus was still there. And they said, no, he is risen, risen from the dead. And so as they're going down to Emmaus, as they're leaving town, they begin to talk among themselves about what had just happened. And as they were talking, all of a sudden, Jesus appeared to them. Now, he appeared to them in such a way that they did not know that it was him. And he walked along with them, and he, he said, hey, what's going on? And they said, he said, they said, where have you been? Have you not heard about what's taken place in Jerusalem, how Jesus? And, and they began to expound to him everything that had happened with Jesus, and uh, Jesus is listening to them. And then finally he begins to talk to them and begins to explain his whole life and what needed to take place from the prophets on. And uh, they're just listening to him. They're amazed at him. But yet they, the Bible says their eyes hadn't been opened to see that it was actually him. They ask him to turn in and to go into their house and to have a meal with them. And while they're there having a meal with him, all of a sudden the Bible says their eyes were opened and they realized it was Jesus and then poof, he was gone. And you know what they said to each other? They said, you know we should have known this all along. You know why they said they should have known it? They said because our hearts from the time he came up, our hearts were burning inside of us. You know that what tells me what that tells me is that when they were with Jesus back in Jerusalem, whenever they were around Jesus, their hearts were burning with a love and passion for him. They were experiencing his presence, and in his presence, they had that fire inside of him. And then when they came down to the road to Emmaus, they knew all along, they said to themselves, what, weren't our hearts burning within us? See, it's important to maintain the fire of God in your life. That is the important thing that you and I are called to do. Fire is important to the spiritual life. You and I have to do what we can do to maintain that, that spiritual fire in our lives. And I, I would go so far as to say, Without a burning heart, we are missing out on all that Jesus Christ has for us and the life that he has for us and the plans and purposes that he has for us and the call that he has upon each and every one of us to love him and serve him passionately. Can you agree with me on that? Thank you, honey. This is my wife of 47 years over here. 
beautiful woman, Debbie Kerr. Certainly do love and appreciate her. And I bring her along to say amen when you don't, okay? Uh, she's, a, she's the love of my life. And I want to tell you, I'm as passionate for her as I am for Jesus Christ. 47 years of marriage, and she's still the most wonderful woman. I'm a one-woman man and so thankful for it. Amen? Amen. All right, well, let's get back to our message here. So what we were talking about is having a personal fire burning deep inside of you for the Lord Jesus Christ. That has been my pursuit. Is it your pursuit? Do you get up every day wanting to reignite and add the wood to the fire so that as you go through your day, you can experience Jesus Christ? You see, I've found that it's very important to daily focus on the fire. Obviously, the priest, every day when he got up, it said that he went and got wood and he stoked the fire. He put it in there. He got the fire burning good and kept it going. And my first point today, if you're going to have fire in your heart, if you're going to have a, maintain a personal revival with Jesus Christ, you too have to start your day focused on the fire. I don't know what you focus on when you wake up. I don't know if the first thing you grab is the remote control and uh, turn on the news to see what's happened while you slept. I, I don't know what you do. I don't know if the first thing you think about is, my goodness, I'm hungry. What are we having today? I don't know what you focus on. But listen, I found out in life that whatever you focus on first thing in the morning pretty well directs the, the way the rest of your day goes. And so I determined a long time ago that I was going to be like that priest. I was going to focus on the fire and that I was going to make sure that that focus on Jesus first thing in the morning would set my priorities for the rest of the day. So that as I went about my priorities, it was Jesus first and then everything else. Not something else and then throwing a little bit of Jesus in there sometime but that by maintaining Jesus first in my life as a priority was that I would set the right priorities for the day. So when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I think about is not my belly growling. The first thing I think about is not turning on the news. The first thing that I think about when I get up in the morning is that I need to add some fuel to the fire of God in my life. I need to make sure that I do it and do it right away. Because how many of you know, once you get up and once you get going, if you try to have devotions and all this stuff, if you're not focused on those things, there's going to be all kinds of things that come against you, press you for your time. Next thing you know, you're rushing out of the house, you're jumping in the car, you're shooting down the highway, and all of a sudden you think, oh man, I hadn't even prayed today. Well, if that's you, go ahead and pray. Even while you're driving. Get focused on Jesus again because therein lies the fuel to the fire that you need to have in your spirit. So the goal is the first thing to redirect your attitude and your thoughts so that the life is focused on God and his presence. There's a scripture in Malachi that says this, Malachi chapter 3, God pays attention and hears you. Did you know God's vitally interested in what you have to say to him? You know, sometimes we think prayer, well, you know, prayer just kind of just goes this high, doesn't go any further, just seems like God doesn't hear my prayer. This scripture says 
God hears your prayers. God is interested in what you have to say. And so when your prayer is not in vain, anytime you go before God and you say, God, I want to spend time with you. Here's my prayer for this day. I want you to see this picture here. I hope you'll remember it. I want you to see that God leans forward on his throne to listen. Not that he's hard of hearing. He doesn't have hearing aids like I do. All right. But that he leans forward to hear what you say. With all the millions and billions of prayers that are going on around the world, your prayer is important to him. And he gives attention and hears what you have to say. How many of you know when you realize that, that will revolutionize your prayer time. Prayer time is no more just praying to the Father, but it's praying and dialoguing with the Father. Can you say amen? That's what it is. And in spending that time with him and knowing that that's what he wants and that he is there to fellowship with you. How many of you know he wants you to experience his passion? He wants you to worship him. He wants you to be on fire for him. And that's why you have to do that thing about just starting your day focused on the fire. I start my day focused on Jesus letting the fire just continue to burn in me so I'll have the fire and the fuel to go through the day. That's the thing. Number two, you have to arrange each day of your life according to the fire. That would be the second thing we see in that scripture when it says that he began to rearrange things on the altar there. Uh, how many of you grill here? This seems to be a, a grilling community and everything. Pastor Danny uh, grilled for me yesterday. He cooked some hamburgers for us. And you know, when you're, if you're a person who grills, you know that the, uh, the coals can get hot. They can have a hot area of the grill. They can have a kind of a warm area of the grill. And if you left all the food on that very hot area, it would burn it up just like that. So a good griller knows how to take that food and move it around to the less hot places there and uh, begin to manipulate the food so that it's cooked through and through and not burned, not crunchy. I want to tell you, Brother Danny's, uh, Pastor Danny's hamburgers were delicious. They weren't crunchy. They weren't crusty. However, I think on purpose, he undercooked mine and gave me a raw hamburger. Just kidding you. The hamburger I got was very tasty, all right? But, but you understand that you have to move things around on the grill and, and that really, to me, what that means is that you have to prioritize what is important in your life for that day. And you have to move things around on your schedule. Anybody have a, you know, a phone that you put everything that you're going to do on that day and all that and you organize yourself? Well, that's what this is talking about, is that you have to spiritually uh, move everything around so that... You, your life will go well in that day. As I begin to think about it, I think about some of the things that you have to move around. How many of you know your devotion time is important? Your prayer and your praise to God is important. Those are things that you need to rearrange your scripture reading, your, your Bible reading, uh, your devotional life, uh, your service to others. I, I heard that they're going to have a meeting here where you're going to serve here in the uh, congregation and try to get you to join up and serving in somewhere. How many of you know that's important to the fire burning bright 
in your life. You have to do service somewhere. And by when you plug in here at, at Bayshore, you'll find that that kind of helps stoke the fire as you join with other brothers and sisters who are working for the same common goal. So you have to order your life so that you can keep the fire burning. The next point and the last point would be you need to, uh, to uh, feed the flame of the fat of fellowship. Remember talked about, I don't know exactly what type of fat they were using, but it was fat of the animals, but they called it the fat of fellowship. And what that speaks to me today is that you and I weren't meant to be hermits. We weren't meant to be loners. You and I were meant for fellowship. God designed you for fellowship first off with him and then fellowship one with another. And it's important that you and I don't live a life isolated and insulated from other people because that's when the fire goes out. Uh, Debbie and I and our families used to camp up in the Smoky Mountains. In fact, Pastor Danny and Karen came up one time, bought all this tent stuff and everything and came up there and joined us and I don't know if they've been camping ever since. I think it was such a bad experience for them. You know, rained a little bit. How many of you know that can put a damper on your camping? But anyway, you know, you sit around a campfire. How many of you are set around a campfire? Campfires are good for one thing and one thing only, right? S'mores. <laughs> right? Love s'mores, okay? In fact, our, our granddaughter wanted to have s'mores one time, and, and we weren't camping. We were just there at the house, and she said, Papa, will you build a fire in the fireplace? It was summer. Will you build a fire in the fireplace so that we can have s'mores? Well, my first reaction, that's ridiculous. But it's your granddaughter. Your only granddaughter. Seven years old. Beautiful as all get out. So what did Papa do? Built a fire in the fireplace so we could sit in our den and eat s'mores, okay? But see, fires are important. More than just for s'mores. Have you ever, and they're good for warmth, obviously, and most of the time, what I like about campfires is everybody's fellowshipping around the campfire. They're all sitting there having a great time. Have you ever seen an ember fall out of the fire and lay outside of the fire pit? And you sit there and you watch that. Ember, when it falls out, it's glowing, it's red, it's putting off heat. Then all of a sudden, as you sit there and watch that, as it's separated from the rest of the fire, what happens to that glowing ember? It slowly but surely turns to ash and eventually dies out. You see, that's why it's important that you and I maintain fellowship one with another. That we uh, go to this, what is it, winter lunch? That we have lunch with each other. We take our picture. We send it in. Get to go out to eat with Pastor Danny if you choose to, to his favorite place, Finn's or whatever. Uh, you know, it's important that you and I fellowship with each other because therein we fellowship with people who are like-minded, who fan the flame of revival in each of our hearts. You hang with people who's on fire. Don't hang with people who are lukewarm, you know, because they will put your fire out. You hang with people who are passionate and burning for the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what you and I have to do. 
you are to uh, fellowship with one another. If you're in a small group here, how many of you know small groups here are those things that maintain the fire and the passion corporately together? What do you bring when you come to the service in the morning? Well, you probably may, well, just, you know, I've got to go to church today and, you know, it's, I could be in bed. Uh, there's, there's a TV on, you know, sports and everything. Listen, when you come into this place on Sunday morning, you should be bringing fire with you to add to the corporate fire that needs to take place in this, in this house. Amen? You need to come burning. You need to come excited, not just kind of dragging in like, oh, here we are. I got to put up with this guy from Texas for another five minutes, you know, and then I get to go home and eat and whatever else. Listen, you should want to stay all day with me. Now, come on. You should keep going, preach it, preach it. I'll stay here as long as you can have breath, okay? Well, I'm going to have breath for a long time, okay? But you, you understand what I'm saying? You come together to fellowship. And let me tell you one of the keys to great fellowship is when you get with other people, when you go out to that winter lunch, put your phone up. Say, I love. Come on, say it with me. I love. Pastor Danny. All right? You should put your phone up. How many of you, this is the most intrusive device to good koinia fellowship one with another. Turn to somebody and say, he's preaching truth now. He's meddling. You know? And I hate him now that he went to the smartphone, you know? You know, he's cramping my style. But listen, my wife and I, uh, the most important meal in our home is the dinnertime meal, the six o'clock meal. And we tell our children, you will be at our six o'clock meal. That is the most important family time because it's hard to get everybody together going all their different ways. But we say, listen, I don't care where you are at 15 minutes to six, you better be sitting yourself down at this table at six o'clock, Okay. And my wife has a little sign in the kitchen and kind of let you know what, what our house is like. She has a sign in our kitchen that says, this kitchen is for dancing, okay? And she is a joy. She has a lot of fun. But around our dinner table is when we have koinonia, when we talk about what it is to be a family, when we find out what's going on in each other's lives and that we talk to each other face to face, even looking somebody in the eye. You ever see anybody's eyes anymore? Huh? The rule is, no cell phones at the table. Women, you should like that. You should like my wife. No cell phones at the table. When you go out to eat with somebody in a restaurant, what do you see everybody doing? I mean, they'll be sitting there, probably husband and wife, and they're sitting there, and they're all on their device doing everything. They don't say flip to each other. Pass the salt. Is your food good? Yeah, my food's good too. That, that's really stimulating conversation. Why go out to eat? Well, so you don't starve. I guess you're not cooking at home. But the, the whole idea is, you know, in order to have communication, in order to communicate like it says here in the Bible, is that we need to be able to have the fat of fellowship. We hang with other people who are just like us, and we communicate and have good koinonia 
and they add fuel to our fire. Amen? It's important. Uh, last year, a couple years ago, I have a, a, a sister church that's up in Alabama that I'm responsible for and oversee. And uh, I had the pastor from that church call me one time and he said, David, uh, my secretary, and he, she, he gave me her name, my secretary's brother has moved to the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Now, he moved from Alabama. He w came to, to Texas without any plans or any purpose for coming. And he said, well, he's there now, and he's very distraught. said he's very distraught, and he's suicidal, and he's going to take his life. And they said, uh, do you think if we gave you his phone number that you could call him and uh, see if you could intervene in the situation? And I said, well, George, I'd be glad to, but there's no guarantee that he will answer his phone. There's no guarantee that he will even talk to me. And he really lives quite a distance away from me. Uh, Dallas-Fort Worth is a, is a pretty big place. And he lived uh, probably a good hour, hour and 15 minutes away from where I was. And I said, but I'll call him and I'll, I'll pray and kind of begin to set my heart right for him. And, and I'll call him and see what he has to say. So I made the call and I was surprised when he answered the phone. He said, hello. And I said, well, hey, this is uh, Pastor David Kerr. I was uh, uh, asked by your sister to give you a I know you were going to call. They told me you were going to call. And I said, okay, great. This is a nice way to start a conversation, isn't it? And I said, well, um, I appreciate you answering the phone. I was wondering if uh, you and I could get together for a meal sometime, maybe meet halfway and get together for a meal sometime. And he said... Yeah, I'm always up for a free meal. Well, I didn't even say I was going to pay for it. So he said, yeah, I'm always up for a good meal. I'll meet with you. Where do you want to meet? And so we, we found this restaurant that was about halfway uh, between us. And uh, Joel walked in. I was there early just preparing my heart and what I was going to say. I knew who he was when he walked in that door. I could see darkness all over him. I could see a suicidal spirit all over him. And uh, he made his way over to me. He said, you must be Pastor David. A real gruff guy. Tall, skinny guy, but really gruff. Really putting it on the meanness, you know. And I said, well, I am. And I am so thankful that you have joined with me today. And let's just enjoy our lunch together and have a good little talk. He said, well, I don't know what you want to talk about. I really don't have much to talk about. I said, well, I'd like to talk about you. I'd like to talk about what's going on with you. I'd like to talk to you about your relationship with God. Well, I used to have one. I said, well, you can still have one. Well, I, uh, he, he, he's, not, he's not for me, you know. And I use those same scriptures I used on you. For God so loved the world. God is love. Joel, God loves you. I don't care what you've done. He's got plans for you, and the plans are good not to harm you, not to hurt you, but he has got something great for you. And so as I began to share about God's love for him, I began to see this real gruff guy kind of begin to soften. 
He said, you think he can take me back? I said, I know he can take you back. I know he wants you back. I know he wants fellowship with you again. You're out here all by yourself. You're out here, uh, uh, you know, and the enemy's after to steal, to kill, and destroy you. You have no friends. Your jobs are in and out of jobs, and you need a change in your life. And I want to tell you, through a series of, of meetings, through a series of uh, phone calls, through a series of getting him plugged in to sister churches up in that area an hour and a half from us, is that Joel today is a changed person who has the fire of God in his heart once again and is serving the Lord Jesus Christ and is making an impact in his culture because God radically changed him and reignited the fire in him once again. Can you say amen? amen. That's what it's all about, saints. If we cut ourselves off, if we don't allow the fire to burn inside of us on a daily basis, if we don't allow to have personal revival, we are uh, doomed for destruction. And we need to make sure that we don't allow a day to go by. There might be some of you here today that are saying, well, Pastor David, I, I, uh, I need that. I need that message because I... I'm really not where I used to be with the Lord. I used to have a passion and a zeal for God, but, but I don't have it. I feel like my fire is going out. There may be some of you here already that your fire's gone out, and you've come here just because somebody drug you here. You didn't want to come. Because this place holds nothing for you. But I want to tell you, if you'll get serious with God today, if you'll respond to this message today, God will radically turn you around and set you on fire once again and give you a plan and a purpose for the future. It's life and not death that you can experience today if you'll but allow God to touch you and motivate you and thrill you and once again establish that relationship with Him. That's my prayer for you today. That's why I'm doing this message today. I've come here on mission, and that is to see the church at Bayshore on fire for God. See you individually on fire for God. To see you passionate for God individually as well as corporately. And as I close today, I want to give you an example that each and every one of us can apply. There was a guy, an evangelist by the name of Gypsy Smith. Gypsy Smith won hundreds of thousands of people to the Lord at the, at the beginning of the century. Wherever he'd go, wherever revivals he would hold, it would be that he'd have people come to the Lord. Somebody asked Gypsy Smith one time, what was the key to his uh, passion for the Lord? Why, how did he stay burning so bright? And this is what Gypsy Smith said. And there's going to be a picture up on the screen of him. This is what he said. I go home and I lock myself or lock yourself in your room, kneel down in the middle of the floor, and with a piece of chalk, draw a circle around yourself. There on your knees, pray fervently and brokenly that God would start a revival within that chalk circle. You get that? Where does fire start? Where does personal revival start? Within that circle. Asking God to let it begin with us. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet today. You know, after looking at this floor, uh, you know, this would have been a good floor to kneel on and give you chalk as you came in today 
and have you draw a circle around yourself. It would have worked here. Most churches have carpet. You can't do chalk on the carpet. But here it would have worked. But I'm not going to have you kneel down uh, personally. But what I want you to do is I want you to draw a mental circle around yourself. I want you to imagine what Gypsy Smith did. I want you to imagine a circle around you. I want you to see yourself kneeling in that circle. And I want you to pray this prayer with me today that God would ignite you and let the fire begin to burn in you once again. Not only today, but what I'm suggesting today is that when you get home and when you get up tomorrow, you get up tomorrow and kneel and draw that circle around you again. And every day, draw that circle around you. Every day, pray that prayer that you will burn bright for the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you do that? Join with me in prayer. Repeat after me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you today. I've heard the word. And Father, I know that I need to be on fire for you. I'm asking today that you will meet me in this circle and that you will let your fire burn not only this day but in days to come that I will be passionate for you that I will seek you that I will experience your love your grace and your mercy in a new way thank you Lord for setting me on fire in Jesus name Amen and amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. Thank you so much.